Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 55, the Big Five Five. Episode 55 of the Building Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Theo Lim, coming at you on this beautiful, snowy, fluffy Wednesday morning. It's about 11 a.m. I just finished some meal prep. I just ate, I had a coffee, and the energy is high. Um, I had the morning off today, so I got to sleep in a little. Very rare, but very, very appreciated. So I hope you guys enjoyed last week's podcast on strength training, how to progress your strength training, the nutrition aspect of things. And I got a lot of great feedback on it. Couple people hit me up and said that they started to track their nutrition intake, what they were eating. A couple other people hit me up and said that they started to be more aware of the weights they were lifting in the gym. And that's always great to hear. So I didn't put out a podcast last week. I apologize for that. I know it's the best part of your week. <laughs> But uh, no excuse for that. I just haven't really been, um, it hasn't been my main focus lately. But here we are, we got, we got episode number 55. And I've got some great topics. I just put out some Instagram stories, which kind of inspired me to sit down and do this podcast. I was talking about nutrition. And the way that I look at nutrition now compared to two years ago, five years ago, 10 years ago. And when I look at nutrition, when I talk about nutrition, this is something I've been really trying to communicate more effectively to to you guys, to the people I work with in person who are struggling with the nutrition aspect of things. And it's no longer just about aesthetics and my performance in the gym when it comes when I think about nutrition when I talk about nutrition it's just become so much more than just um, that just the gym aspect of things it's become it's kind of extended beyond the gym into my life into the work that I do into my small group sessions the myo detox classes that I run um, my relationships with my family my friends my girlfriend it's just like the quality of the nutrition, the quality of the food that you're using to fuel yourself, it really does affect how you perform in life. So that's really just one thing I've been trying to communicate a lot more. And I think it's a it's a good way to <clears throat> excuse me. It's a good way to look at it instead of just like a purely a fat loss um, perspective or purely a weight loss perspective. So that's just something that's just something I've been working on and I'm going to continue to try to I'm going to continue to learn how to communicate that more effectively. So that's what inspired this podcast, but I do want to talk a lot about training. So I recently, I want to talk, I have a couple of good questions on deck. So I hope you guys are ready for some training talk. Um, quick update on my training. I just finished week number four of my strong first prep. 
as I've mentioned, I'm going for the certification in October. And my current training is pretty much all centered around that. So I just finished week four. Uh, it was a really good four, four weeks. The first two weeks were kind of tough because it was a lot of learning technique. But by week three, things started to feel a lot better. I felt a lot more comfortable with the exercises. Because again, as I've said, this is all new to me. I'm just a beginner right now. Um, so I've become a lot more comfortable with the exercises. And then week three, week four, I really started to progress in the weight that I was doing, but also how much work I was doing. And I may have progressed too fast because on the last day of week four, I tore my hand open, one of my calluses tore off, uh, one on each hand actually. <clears throat> so that kind of kind of forced me into a deload week, which is fine. I, I actually needed it. Um, so this week, since Sunday, I haven't really lifted much. It's only Wednesday right now. I am going to lift twice this week, but not anything serious. So what have I done this week so far? I did two, two sessions of bag work for the boxing, for the Muay Thai. Um, I think that's pretty much it, actually. I did Sunday and Tuesday. And then today I'm going to do some pull-ups test out how the hand is feeling. I'm going to do some pull-ups and probably some body weight work on the ground. Again, nothing crazy. So this week is a deload week. Just say every, for me, I'm trying to be smart about my training because October is a good ways away. So I don't want to burn out or progress too fast that an injury occurs. So I'm really cognizant of that right now. I honestly haven't taken a proper deload week because I've been, because I trained too hard in a very long time. My training's been pretty like, pretty held back. I'm not sure if there's a better term for that, but I've been holding back a lot in my training for the last year, just like not pushing very, very, very hard. And this is fun. It's fun that I'm back into that mode it's uh, rekindled my love. I never lost it, but sometimes you, uh, sometimes the desire to lift and lift heavy, it's not always there, but right now it's there. Anyway, so that's that in terms of my training. I'm working on the nutrition. Still, it's, it's, I don't think anyone ever like has it mastered. It's kind of an everyday thing. You always got to work at it. So working on the nutrition and then also I am working on hydration. For a while, I hydrated very well. I used to drink a ton of water. I used to have one of those like four liter uh, jugs that I carried around. And it was a lot of water and I think it was good. But then I stopped doing that and I kind of got into this mode of drink water when you're thirsty and I think because I've increased my activity over the last four to eight weeks that the body needs a bit more water. Why? How I came to this conclusion is that in the last week, even the last like 10 days, my nutrition hasn't been that great. Kind of eating a lot of junk food, a lot of chocolate and a good amount of pizza, which is not a bad thing, but it was a bit too much for my liking. 
And I was thinking about why that was happening, trying to figure out what triggered that. And I came up with a couple things. It could have been there were high stress days and then maybe I defaulted to eating like crappier food because it made me feel better. I'm not sure. Or another idea, which is why I'm bringing up the topic of hydration is I maybe I wasn't drinking enough water. And that's why maybe I felt because sometimes when you're not sometimes when you're dehydrated, like sometimes when you're hungry, it's simply because you're dehydrated. So simply drinking a glass or two of water might be able to satiate you. So that's something to keep in mind. Stay on top of the hydration, especially before and after your training. Um, one last thing before I dive into the actual questions. I just learned that Toronto Public Library has an audiobook affiliate. I didn't know they did audiobooks. So as you guys know, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, I use the Toronto Public Library for most of my book needs. Um, it's a great system. Highly recommend it if you're in Toronto. If you're not in Toronto, make sure you've checked out your local library. Like, see what your city has to offer or your town. But they have audiobooks. I didn't know that. So, and that's something I recently just got into. So, I've been listening to audiobooks and it's been fun. I've been enjoying it a lot. Great experience. So, let's jump into the training. Training's been fun. I find when... It's so funny how that works. When my own training is very fun, when I'm very dialed in, I find that that translates to my client's training, to my... It just it just works like that. So that's why as a coach, I've always got to be on top of the training. Got to stay locked in. So, someone asked me... Alex, Alex Goal asked me, what are the best assistance exercises in your experience that everyone should do? Okay, best assistance exercises. Of course, it's always going to depend on what your goal is, but let's go at this from a very general, broad perspective. That everyone from age 14 to 60 can benefit from age sorry let, let me rephrase that anyone from age 14 plus anyone from age 12 plus really best assistance exercises you guys know i like trx rows big fan of body rows using the trx using gymnastic rings doesn't matter body rows are a staple why i like them is they're a great way to build and strengthen the upper back area and a strong upper back is always well a strong and mobile upper back I guess is always going to help you maintain healthy shoulders so TRX rows key this is something I I introduce immediately when someone starts to work with me body rows are key um, I, I like dumbbell rows and like chest supported rows as well, but TRX rows are universally more accessible. Like I could probably get your grandmother to do TRX rows. You know what I mean? 
versus trying to get her to do um, dumbbell rows. So TRX rows for the upper back. Basically, the best assistance exercises, it's usually for the posterior chain and the midsection. So that's going to be the upper back, your glutes, your hamstrings, and then the core work, midsection work. And if you guys have been, if you guys work with me in person or you see my stuff online, I'm trying to rephrase the whole word core. I'm using the word midsection a lot more than core now. I don't really have a particular reason for it. I just think the word core might be a bit overused. So TRX rows, number one. Number two, for the glutes, the hamstrings, I'm a big fan of the glute bridge or hip thrust, any variation of any of that. So glute bridges off the ground, progressing into single leg glute bridges, progressing into hip thrust. You can start to add weight. You can add bands. You can do single leg hip thrust. So a big fan of all that stuff. I think it's all very effective, very low very low cost as well and low barrier of entry low cost as in you don't have to put a barbell on your back you can pretty much do it anywhere either if you have a floor or if you have a bench so glute bridges hip thrust big fan of those those are always in the program and then in terms of core work midsection work i like i like the stability ball like the swiss ball the big bouncy ball I like that for exercises like stir the pot or ball circles and even just regular planks with the ball. Big fan of those. Big fan of side planks. There are a lot of side plank variations too where you can add. So you can do a side plank as well as lift the leg, lifting, lifting the top leg. I think that's a great way to hit the glute as well. So a great two-in-one right there. So where am I at? I like the TRX row glute bridges, hip thrusts, ball circles, uh, side planks, uh, farmer's carries. Farmer's carries are pretty, again, low. I'm, when I'm thinking about this, it's, okay, low cost of, low barrier of entry and low cost in terms of how much damage it's going to do to your body. So farmer's carries, suitcase carries, any kind of loaded carries, pick up weight, with a neutral back, stand up with it, keep the body strong, and simply walk. So any carries like that. I like, I really like lunges. I really like reverse lunges. I think, I think everyone should be able to do reverse lunges, um, even if it's just with body weight, but reverse lunges I'm really into, just because it's a good um, single leg movement. Just wary of always being locked into um, a bilateral stance, like a like a trap bar deadlift or a squat. Like those are great moves, but I'm just when I program for my clients, say they're training twice a week or four times a week, whatever. I like to look at the overall scope of it, and it's like okay, this person has trap bar deadlift on one day and then they're going to squat on the other day okay i need to get this person moving in like this sing with the single leg i need to get this person working on the single leg and just <clears throat> sorry cleared my throat man 
I thought about having a second cup of coffee. I should have made it so I could have had it while I while I recorded this. But I guess I'll have one after. So, and when I talk about the lunges, it's kind of going to lend into what I'm going to talk about after, movement variability. So when I look at the overall scope of someone's program, it's like, okay, is there enough movement in different ways for this person? I'm talking about general population, which most of us are. I'm also general population. I'm not training for like any one sport in particular. So those are probably my go-to assistance exercises. I, if you have access to a sled, big fan of sled pushes, big fan of heavy sled drags. Again, low cost of entry, low barrier of entry. Like if I put that program together, okay, let's put a program together right now. Or one, like one part of a program, day one of a program. Person comes in whether they're 14 years old or whether they're 65, I could probably get this done. Okay, person comes in, we do a good warm up, open up the T-spine, open up the hips, open up the ankles, and then, okay, let's roll. Okay, we're gonna pair up TRX rows with a glute bridge variation. That's one of my favorite combos. Attack, already activating the upper back, building strength in the upper back, great for posture great for the health of your shoulders and in terms of getting big or like building muscle the upper back is where it's at when you wear a t-shirt or when you're wearing your sports bra or when you're wearing your dress that upper back is what shows all right so trx rows glute bridges first first superset three to four sets standard 10 to 12 reps boom easy a 14-year-old could do it. A 60-year-old could do it. No problem. And then let's get into some side planks or uh, stir the pot on the Swiss ball. Again, most people are going to be able to do some kind of planking either on the ground or on the Swiss ball. And let's pair that up with some sled. So we got core work. We got additional leg work. So now we're working the legs. What I love about the sled what I love about it is that it works the legs so effectively. It works the lower body, the whole like midsection lower body um, area. It just works it so well. Hips are working, strengthening the hips, strengthening the quads, the hams, the glutes, the calves, the feet, the ankles, everything. So sled, huge. And then let's finish it off. Let's do some farmer's carries. Boom. Like, yeah, we could do some kind of push-ups. Push-ups are great too. But in my experience, like for the best assistance exercises, which these can be pretty much your main exercises too. But for most people, um, I think uh, the only thing about these is that they're not that exciting, except maybe the sled. Like TRX rows are fun and they're very beneficial, but you have to also make the training exciting, right? There has to be some kind of, like, I guess, challenge, whether physically or mentally. So that's why, I think that's why the, say, trap bar deadlift or the Romanian deadlift or the back squat or the goblet squat. 
I think, why I include those and use those as the main moves is because those are the main lifts. Those are the indicator lifts. Like, we, you can see if someone's getting strong when you do trap bar deadlift over the course of four to eight weeks. Like, you can see that. And then I think for a person, it feels good too. It's like, oh, snap, eight weeks ago, I, I could only deadlift 135. And now I'm deadlifting 225. Shit, like, that feels good, right? So I think that's like, that's one of those things where you... On paper, yeah, I could make a program with just those assistance exercises that I mentioned, but in the real world, real world application, yeah, that could be the exercise program, but it's not, depending on the person, it's not that fun. Like, it's cool, it's going to work, but for a 14-year-old, for an 18-year-old, for, you know, for that person who actually wants to lift heavy... There's got to be some heavy lifting in there. Anyway, I'll leave that right there. And the heavy sleds actually. So last week was my was the deload week for my clients, for my small group clients. And so I kind of on day one. Day one was kind of a combine. I may, I thought up some events that we're going to test and we just maxed out on all of them. And then day two was a lighter conditioning movement day. So on day one, they came in, we warmed up as per usual. Then I told them, okay, we're rolling slightly differently today. We're not going to do a full on training session. We're going to max out. We're going to test your plank, just your regular forearm plank. We're going to test your max push-ups. We're going to test your max sled push. And then we're going to do a salt bike for one minute. We'll go max calories. So only four things. And a lot of them were kind of wary at first. They're like, we're only doing four things. Are you sure that's going to be enough? And I'm like, yeah, I think it's going to be enough. I think you guys will be, uh, I think it will be sufficient for you guys. So we, I told them the sled, the push-ups and the sled were the main event. So we did the plank. That was a good warm up for the core, for the shoulders. And then we did push-ups. We did max push-ups and everyone crushed those push-ups. We haven't even been doing like that many push-ups over the last two months. But it's always good to see. It's always good to have those indicator lifts where you can go back every four, six weeks and test and see if you're actually stronger. So we did push-ups. A bunch of them crushed like 30 plus a couple of my girls hit 25 plus no problem a couple guys hit like 50 most of them hit around 40 one guy this crazy motherfucker he hit 80 he did like 70 of them on his knuckles (laughs) anyway so he did max push-ups but why i'm mentioning this is because the heavy sleds it was a it was a really good learning moment for me because apparently pushing heavy sled we didn't push it very far maybe about 35 feet it was like three-fourths of uh turf um yeah so i said okay we're gonna do four sets maybe five sets for the bigger dudes i'm gonna start around for most for most of the women i started around 150 pounds And for most of the guys, I started around 200 pounds. 
And based on how they're pushing it, based on how fast or how slow they're pushing it, we kind of added weight as we went, whether in 50-pound increments, 70, 90. We just added weight every time. There's lots of rest in between. And what I learned from this was that doing stuff like that really helps to increase confidence. And it was fun. I think everyone had fun, which is great. Like, that's a great thing to happen in the gym, right? Like, I want people to have fun in the gym. So a bunch of the women pushed, like, most of them were pushing around 250, 250 mark. The stronger women were hitting in the 300 range. And I had one girl, she hit 400 pounds on the sled. And she's tiny. She probably weighs 110, 120 pounds. So she she's powerhouse. She pushed, now when I look at it, she pushed three times, more than three times her body weight. And for the guys, I found that about three times their body weight was the max as well. I had two guys push 600 pounds. One guy pushed 550. And then the rest of them were anywhere from that 300 to 400 range. So it was a really good time. Um, it was fun. It's fun for them, fun for me. I posted a bunch of Instagram videos while we were doing them. And that was one of those coaching moments where I think a lot I think of this stuff a lot when when it comes to coaching. And I wish I wish I wrote them all down whenever I thought of them. But these are the moments where you can't really like you can't learn this from a textbook. You can't you can't read about this and be like, yeah, that's I'm going to I'm going to that's great. I'm going to apply that. It was one of those things where I kind of knew that they would like it. It's not something we do very often at all. Um, so it was a nice change of pace. And, but I didn't realize how like confident they would be after pushing the sled. Like they're like, shit, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know I could push 300 pounds across the gym. So that was cool to see. Cause then the next time they came in, they came in on day two or some of them I didn't see until this week, a week later. And then just the way they were approaching everything, it's hard to describe, but they're more confident now and then we started um i have sled push sled drag just in our regular programming not a max sled push so longer distance lighter weights more sets and now like suddenly they're approaching the sled like what how they used to push 70 pounds on the sled now they're treating 70 pounds like it's empty because they just pushed 500 pounds on the sled so that was a great coaching moment great learning experience for me so another thing in terms of programming for people this is kind of something i've picked up over the course of the years with from my own training from programming for my clients from doing classes at my detox performance and i think I think when it comes to training, when it comes to movement, when it comes to strength, all of that stuff, 
I think it's important to be aware of hmm how does how shall I say it I think it's important to be aware of what kinds of things you're doing in terms of movement in terms of lifting what kinds of things you're doing in the gym all the time and hmm. let me restart that <laughs> it's this is kind of a new concept that I'm playing around with um I haven't read a whole lot about it I have read a bit about it but I don't think it's something a lot of people mention because it's kind of a small thing when it comes to training I've realized over the years that you have to be aware, very aware of not of not doing too much of one thing for a long period of time unless of course you actually compete in a certain sport whether you're playing team sports or whether you're in like strength sports like weightlifting or powerlifting or bodybuilding anything i think if you're a general population person like i am it's important to have variability in your training and what I mean is like, so I used to squat and deadlift with a barbell all the time, years on end, week in, week out for years. And that's when I'm, my body started to break down a little, right? And I think it's important to recognize that, acknowledge that too much of one thing can, can turn into a bad thing if you're doing it too much, if you're not recovering well from it. So I think it's important to be aware of, yeah, just not doing too much of one thing. So I was doing those pull-ups every day for like two, three months, right? And yeah, I got better at pull-ups. I got a bit more jacked up top too, but my shoulder kind of started to hurt me. So I've since stopped doing as many pull-ups and my shoulder feels great. So I think that's one, it's just something I learned from doing those pull-ups and then when I think about how I'm programming for my clients, because it's always about, okay, how can I help this person become better? And better is a very broad term, right? How can I help them become stronger? How can I help them move better? How can I help them be healthier and then like not be in pain? Because at the end of the day, like most of the people I train are just general population clients. So it's like, okay, I don't need to hammer barbell back squats at them for a whole year. Maybe we'll barbell back squat for like 6 to 12 weeks, depending on the person, and then we'll swap it out. Like I said earlier, I like doing lunges. There are We can do split squats. We can do goblet squats. We can do um, reverse lunges with the barbell instead. So just having that variability in your training in terms of the strength aspect and then in terms of like movement health general fitness this is something i've gotten a lot from the from myo detox performance where before i started working there i was just a regular meathead you know just go in lift weights that's all that really matters and then as i saw like 
what other aspects of fitness that I wasn't partaking in over the year, over the last two years. I've been there almost two years now. It's been great. Been really enjoyable. But over these last two years, I'm like, okay, I'm really missing out on a lot of other training, a lot of potential for other, for more fitness. So running, um, jumping, throwing stuff, like skipping, all that kind of stuff. And then, of course, all the ground-based movement stuff. I think it's just important to be able to move in many different ways and to be competent at moving in all of those ways. At the end of the day, I think I think that's what I was trying to say. Again, just like the nutrition learning how to communicate it more effectively. That's something I'll be working on. <laughs> okay, last thing. I just started training a younger kid. He's about 20, 21. I just started training him. And honestly, I love, I love training beginners. It's so fun. Like every time I take on a beginner client, I'm like, oh shit, I love this. It's so fun, especially when they get it, especially when they're invested in the process and they're not in too much of a rush. Because sometimes someone comes in and they're like, yeah, I want a barbell squat. I want a barbell deadlift and all this shit. And it's like, yeah, that's great. I'm going to get you there. But we ha- you have to earn your right to lift with the barbell. So sometimes people come in, they want to do all this barbell stuff, but their goblet squat sucks. Their Romanian deadlift sucks their ability to brace their midsection sucks. It's like, dude, I can't put you under the barbell until you show me that you can do the the do the goblet squat with a dumbbell well. So this kid is like super invested in the process. I love it. Um so why I mentioned this is because number one, I I am excited about it, clearly. Number two, I think if you're if you're someone out there or if you know someone out there who is trying to get into lifting, just like you got to master the basics first. Master the basics. Everything else will everything else will come after. You got to build your base. You got to build the base of your pyramid and just build on top of that. So why it's been really fun is it's only been like two, three weeks but over those two, three weeks, he's mastered goblet squatting. Um, his kettlebell Romanian deadlift is great. We've been crushing TRX rows. We've been crushing reverse lunges. Um, I introduced him to the trap bar deadlift last week. So we're going to work on that a bit more today. What else? <laughs> been doing a ton of carries. He's a skinnier kid. He must be like 130 pounds, 5'8", five, 5'9". So got to put on got to put on a little bit of mass on his frame. So a lot of push-ups, a lot of dumbbell benching, a lot of dumbbell rowing, TRX rows, trap bar, Romanian deadlift, goblet squats. Introduced him to the sled recently. I don't introduce the sled in the first 2 weeks cuz I want them to come back. <laughs> Sometimes if you introduce the sled too early, they get a bit traumatized, they're not quite ready for it. So I just slowly introduced the sled to him recently. And honestly, it's been fun. It's been super fun. 
And that's really all. <laughs> um, beginner strength training. So master the basics. Like take your time, master the basics. Make sure you're doing shit properly. Hire a coach, hire someone who can show you if you're unsure. And it's just going to save you a ton. It's just going to save you a ton of time. It's going to save you a ton of energy and effort. And you'll get to where you want to be faster. So I hope you guys enjoyed that episode. I hope you guys got a little bit out of that. And I'm going to, again, ask you guys, if you're still listening, I'm going to ask you guys, if you have any questions, if you have any specific topics you want me to talk about, please let me know. And if you're in Toronto, you're looking to do some training in person, hit me up. You guys can find me on Instagram at theodore.lim or email me theolim7 at gmail.com. All that info is going to be in the show notes. If you're interested in doing some online coaching, some online programming, hit me up for that as well. And I'll tell you how we can get started. So with that being said, hope you guys have a great day. Hope you guys have a great week. If you're in a wintry environment, stick with it. I think we're almost there. So until next time, peace.